Welcome to another week of Tar Race, and this week we've got Selena here with us. Welcome. Thank you. It's good to have you here. Thank you very much for having me. Thanks for joining us for a conversation where we're continuing to work through Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. So just for a bit of context for everyone at home. Uh, we all understand that love is the conversation that we care most about, but it's probably the hardest thing that we'll ever have to do. Mm-hmm. And so we're doing these conversations just so that we can work out how to live life a better way. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? Yes. Yeah, and in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus really unpacks it. Yeah, even though it's two thousand years old, challenging. That's right. Even though it's two thousand years old, it's sort of stood up to the test of time in terms of being this rich uh, piece of scripture theology. It's really good. Philosophy. There you go. It's a big word. Speaking of big words, I might start reading um, today's bit, and then we can yep. jump in and see what your first reactions are. So this is from um, Matthew five verse thirty-eight. Jesus says this. He said, "You've heard that it was said, eye for an eye and tooth for a tooth." But I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If someone strikes you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if someone wants to sue you and take your tunic, let him have your cloak as well. If someone forces you to go one mile with him, go with him two miles. Give to the one who asks you and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. First reactions, what did you think? Oh, it's pretty hard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I remember during a school holiday program once asking oh. the kids, what do you do when somebody's mean to you? Because we're having this conversation about love. So what do you do when kids are mean to you? Well, my dad said, <laughs> if someone thumps you, you thump them back. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so... As a collective, I think we had 30-something kids there that day. Were you there that morning? I can't remember. Yeah, I think so. But anyway, I think the bulk of them had been given this message, if someone's mean to you, you be mean right back. Well, it's the same message that we get given in sport. Like if someone does a bad tackle on a teammate, it's your job to go and hurt them back. (laughs) Like it legitimately is. Like it's this well-known, it's just like a matter of fact. It's like you hurt me, I hurt you kind of thing. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I've got a bigger stick. (laughs) So back down. (laughs) thing yep. so it's pretty outrageous what jesus says you know considering our world does sort of have that um ideology of um you know eye for an eye tooth for a tooth of, of retaliation i suppose it is isn't it yeah although i don't think that we'd see it as retaliation i think we would just see it as standing up for ourselves. yeah wouldn't we yeah absolutely yeah. yeah yeah absolutely selena was there a time in your life where that would have been your response Absolutely. Um, Yeah, there was a huge time in my life where I reacted with violence and um, it got me nowhere in life. It got me in front of a judge, somebody judging me. The biggest critic in the world is a judge. Yeah. So it got me judged, um, got a terrible name for myself and really humans aren't meant to hurt other humans. But it is really hard when you're challenged and you're triggered emotionally mm. to yeah. actually turn that cheek and not retaliate. Yeah. Mm. It's really, yeah. really difficult. Yeah. And in the midst of that being um, judged, like even being judged by the judge, but then also being judged by other people yeah, in that process, family. Fa- friends, family, what, the whole list of people. So when you come, came before the judge, the judge only got a snapshot of what was actually going on for you and for your family and friends, I imagine that they only had a snapshot of what was happening when you felt that you had to defend yourself because that's what we do, isn't it, when we're retaliating, Mm. an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. We're we're protecting ourselves and we're operating out of fear. Underneath all of that, what was going on for you? What was happening on the inside? Was it really this 
desire for a fistified kind of thing or a verbal fight or was it um, actually a cry for help and a cry for there's something else going on on yeah, the inside? Yeah, I definitely think it was more a cry for help in my situation, like my pain that I felt was so real mm. yeah. and people I felt inflicted the pain on on me yeah. and I felt like I wanted them to experience the same pain that I felt, mm. yeah. um, whether it was in violence, in horrible know, saying horrible things to one another, mm. um, that pain that I felt, I felt like they needed to feel that same pain as what I felt. Mm. Yeah. You know, it was really um, a deep, um, it brought up a lot of emotions, it triggered a yeah. lot of emotions mm. and I, at stages I did retaliate in an, in a, you know, in a improper way. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah. Yeah. It, did it feel like, Elsa, did it feel like that, that emotion, all those feelings just had to get out of the inside, that they just couldn't stay, that, that you couldn't survive, you couldn't live with all that intensity of feeling? So they just, it was almost like a reactive, it's just got to get out there, yeah. just got to yeah, push it, it out, get there. out there. And it came out in an explode. Mm. Yeah. And I exploded because there was yeah. so much one layer on top of the other layer of betrayal, yeah. hurt everything yeah. like that and it came to a point where I just exploded yeah and yeah that that was a really scary time for me because I was really uncertain of what was going to happen to me it's yeah. hard to untangle when it becomes like layer upon layer upon layer like yeah. when it goes back and forth do you know what I mean like mm. at what point is it even and then you just call it quits <laughs> like it, it right. just doesn't because there's a new wound that someone then has to act upon yeah that's yeah. exactly it just draws you ever yeah. deeper doesn't it it does yeah. really. and, I th- and I think it just leads to more mi- being misunderstood even more doesn't yeah. it yeah. Where, where the 100%. real you isn't really seen or heard or um, that those deeper questions of hey, what's really going on? What's yeah. what's all this pain about? Sort of like um, a storm. Do you know what I yeah. mean? Dust going around the storm, and to put the storm out, you know, mm. you've got to open up and you've got to release that that yeah. pain for mm. the storm to stop. But it's so hard for you in the middle of that storm to be understood, though, because people don't um, they don't identify what the original pain or the affliction was, sort of thing. They just see all the drama that's gone from – they've got to untangle all the drama from like steps three, four, five, six. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's so hard yeah. Yeah. to be truly seen in there. It's really difficult. It's yeah. been yeah. very difficult for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what are some of the things that you've done to change? So what I've done to change, I've been attending counselling, which as we're aware is court ordered and I really struggled with that. I really struggled with the fact of me wanting to go and seek help and the judge saying no – you know, there, there's this barrier, this barrier, this barrier in the way. Um, if you don't comply with my rules and in, and seek therapeutic help, then you're not going to get this, this and this. And that for me was really, really difficult to have to, you know, abide by his rules. But counselling mm. has really, really helped me. So it's awesome. flipped. It's flipped. It's flipped from somebody that didn't want to share, you know, my story to now I can share it with pride and enthusiasm because I feel like I've overcome so much mm. and I feel like I can ex- I can share that experience because mm. I was in a really dark place. It was mm. a scary, scary dark mm. place. There was mental illness, there mm. was illicit substance, there was no self-worth, there was betrayal and mm. it was a really, really big mm. mess. Mm. And coming out of it and getting out of it was super hard and mm. I think that coming out of it it's having the support around you. Mm. It's having um, people that actually 
care for you mm. and not just look at you and think, oh, poor Selena, she's having a bad day, you know, we'll put our arm around her mm. kind of thing and it'll be okay. But having that people that care deeply for you, mm. that's what's got me out the other end mm. and seeing how other people live their lives to the way I was shown to live my life as a, as a youth and an adolescent um, has been de- very different, very, mm. very different experiences that I've had. Those feelings when you first go to counselling can be scary, can't they? Oh, yeah. Because they're so intense, aren't <laughs> yeah. they? To, so to stay to stay in counselling can be quite terrifying, can't it? Yeah. And you can't underestimate that that terror to yeah. face those. Can you? It's really yeah. scary. It's really scary because you're you're bringing out your darkest demons and you're putting it on the line to somebody you yeah. know that that you don't know, you don't trust. And when you have trust issues, it's hard to trust somebody. I think I went through three or four, five maybe counsellors until I found the right one. And finding the right one was very difficult. But, um, yeah, he's really, really helped me and he's really made me see life differently. And I played a blame game for a long time, you know, Mm. self-pity, had pity party happening and things (laughs) like that, which was not fun. But... um, well, it yeah, doesn't help, does it? It doesn't help. It just no. feeds it. It yeah. feeds the problem. It feeds the worry. You need to rise above. Yeah. You've got to be stronger. And you've got to want to change. Mm. If you don't want to change, nothing's going to change for you, no mm. matter how many counselling sessions you have. Mm. It won't change. So one of the things that I see you doing now is when you get triggered emotionally, because we all have triggers, don't we, yeah. where we can go into that place where we've been betrayed or hurt Um, and then we can feel anxious and all sorts of feelings arise. But one of the things I've noticed about you now is is that when you get triggered, it's like you practice this deep breathing, this slowing down, this deliberate... You kind of race through a whole heap of emotions for about 24 hours. I do. (laughs) Um, And, you know, you do a lot of walking and a lot of... um, a lot of, yeah, walking the dog and things like that. Yes. But you, you kind of have come to an understanding that those fi- feelings will pass and that you need to walk through that. So mm, it's kind of like taking good. this big, long, deep breath. Yeah. And then you start going to different people and pr- starting to talk out loud what's triggered you, what's happened, how you should respond. Yeah. Um, so then you get different thoughts and then you'll go to your counsellor and also unpack and then you'll make your decision as to how you're going to respond. Yes. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Is that, is that, that what is I'm watching? Correct. That is yeah. what um, my counsellor has tried to teach me to do because when somebody hurts me emotionally, the first thing I want to do, and I shouldn't say this, but I want to knock them out. <laughs> I want to hurt them. You can say that. Them. I want to hurt that. them. We all have that feeling. Because they hurt me. Yeah, so yeah. I wrestle, we're all human. I wrestle with the old Selena and the new Selena. So yeah. the old Selena's over here going, just take him out, you know. <laughs> he hurt you, Selena. You've got to hurt him back, yeah. you know. Yeah. And then the new Selena, I've had to train and rewire my brain to go stand back. Mm. When you first get you know, delivered, you know, bad news or sad news. Mm. Well, that emotion is, you know, it's Mm. so big when you've just got delivered it because you've got to sort of unpack it in yourself. Mm. So when I get delivered bad news, I used to explode. When now I sort of go, okay, Selena, you know, this is bad news and you are feeling a lot of pain at the moment, but give it 24 hours. Mm. Give it 24 hours because if I react to that emotional pain that I feel at the time when I get delivered it, 
well, as I say, I, I could end up violently hurting somebody, <laughs> which I don't yeah. want to go down that track. So I've really learnt to stay still, stay still for 24 hours. If you hear something bad, stay still for 24 hours. Approach people. I use Alana a lot, Sharon, I use yourself a lot for guidance and I've been delivered this news, how do I, how do I deal with it kind mm. of thing. Mm. Um, and, yeah, just standing still and then I get the, you know, I'm not so worked up, I can deal with yeah. things a lot better, it's not so painful, you don't have verbal diarrhoea, you're not coming this person, that person, you know, it's a yeah. blame mm. game. So it's taking a stand back and really waiting a little mm. while before seeking help and before asking people, you know, what should I do in this situation? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. violence cannot be solved with violence. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. that's something that I have learnt. Yeah. Um, it just doesn't work. Yeah. Mm. In that process of being still and waiting, are you figuring out more about what you want out of life? Like, yeah. do, are you clearer on where your boundary is, where... Because usually when, when we're feeling some of those emotions, it's because somebody's trespassed on a value that we've got or um, um, a picture of how we want life to be. Mm -hmm. Are you getting clearer on the boundaries? Are you kind of able to say, oh, well, this is what I want out of life. I want this person to respect me in this way, to respect these boundaries. Yeah. I want this out of life. They can't take that from me. Um, are, you, are you finding that, that, it, that being still is easier to find what those boundaries are yeah. rather than all the emotions. Jumping in at a bull the gate, yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Being yeah. still, yeah, really um, lets you feel on a deeper level what you're actually feeling yeah. and not reacting yeah. to that feeling. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 That's great. So it's almost like you come alive a little bit more, like the, the true Selena's more and more discovered. That's exactly right. Yeah, As I so said, cool. I wrestle a lot with old yeah. Selena and new Selena. So from old Selena to new Selena, like obviously we're always a constant work. Absolutely. We're constantly growing, so it's not that you've arrived at the destination yet. No. Um, none of us have. But was it, you've spoken about taking a step back and pausing and also debriefing or processing a lab with trusted people, whether it be your counsellor or Sharon or Alana or someone else. But was there something else... Um, has there been any critical things that have occurred in you, like maybe in your thinking or maybe it was a character trait that you had to grow in that helps transition that growth? Does that make sense? If you were to, another way of asking it, I'll just say it again so you've got sure. some time to think. Um, was there a key in helping you be able to, to transition from old slander to new slander in regards to this stuff? Definitely. I think coming to faith and being involved in a real supportive community mm -hmm. is what got me over the line. And yeah. it's what made me realise that I can change yeah. and I don't have to be that old evil person that yeah. I was. kind of refer to myself as Satan. <laughs> The evil Selena, Satan. Don't do that. I do because I wrestled. I was. I That's was how you felt nice about person. yourself. I did. I That's felt, felt about myself, and yeah. I acted in ways that yeah. blew yeah. people away. Like yeah. that, I actually didn't think that was possible for me to react like that. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. So and looking back, it's kind of like a, a certain amount of disbelief, isn't there? Yeah, there is a yeah. lot of disbelief. Yeah. There's a lot of. <laughs> You know, why's why did I yeah. do that? Why, mm. you know, there was it was a really yeah. difficult, messy time. Yeah, so you found some hope, is what I I'm did hearing. Find hope. You found a hope for a future version of you, for a better version of Selena, and that's what you're just trying to walk towards. It was towards really day hard to live the old life of Selena, it was yeah. really, really difficult. Mm. Um, as we know, I was a big 
user of, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. I hate the word drugs, so I'm not going to use the word sure. drugs. We're going to use illicit substances today. <laughs> I just think mm-hmm. it's a bit more nicer word. But, yeah, that, that wrestled with me a lot mm-hmm. and I believe adding illicit substance into the mix of mental health, mm. which I've suffered with for a long, long time. Mm. I think it was 14 or 15 when I was first diagnosed. Those two things often go hand in hand, don't they? they and do. they're so hard to untangle and to, so to break apart. So hard to untangle and yeah. they feed each other. Yeah. They feed each other. When you have mental illness, yeah. you add illicit substance yeah. onto that, you get this really evil person It feeds into each other. Mental illness is a chemical imbalance in the mm. brain. You add illicit substance onto that. Mm. There's just a lot of dysfunction there, isn't there? a lot of dysfunction. And you're just trying to feed just it is. day and, to day. And, yeah. you know, when you're in that mess, um, it's a false hope. Mm. So mental True. health, you know, makes you Great feel point. very sad, emotional. Mm. It brings up things and you add drugs into that. Mm. Drugs, I hate that word again, but there we go. But, mm. yeah, you add um, illicit substances into that mm. and it becomes a mess. It's false hope. It's false mm. happiness. Mm. And, you know, you keep feeding that drug into it. Mm. And, yeah. So on this um, topic of hope, I suppose, because you've also spoken about how faith was a huge turning point in your life and being able to... Uh, you know, not retaliate, but yeah. offer reconciliation or, or, or turn the other cheek, so to speak. Do you think that um, part of your your thinking, a faith um, type of thinking, you've got a different view of the world, you've got a different view of where you reside and um, Christians use language like uh, heaven is our home, so what happens here doesn't matter quite so much anymore. You've got a different view of why people might hurt you. Do you think that's helped? Yeah, I do think it's helped, very much so, very much so. As I said, having um, supportive people around me has mm-hmm. really helped um, the way I want to react and the way, like, I look at Anne, yeah. for instance, and who would have thought Anne was a raging alcoholic? <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean? And I want people to look at me and think, who would have thought she, you know, was yeah, a drug yeah, addict yeah. Yeah, yeah, kind yeah. of thing? I really, you know, I do struggle with it, the way I want people to see me and the way I want the world to see me, yeah. I suppose. Mm. Because, um, yeah, nobody wants to be seen as unwell. Mm. And I was labelled as unwell for... Um, oh, you've had a lot more labels than that. A lot which more haven't, labels. Uh, haven't been fair. No, they haven't been yeah, fair. Because they, they don't address the pain that's driving it all. And for me, that's what Jesus does so beautifully and that's what he's getting at in this passage is whilst all that superficial stuff's happening there we can't actually love one another we can't actually love ourselves. we can't see one another and there's always a reason why people are doing what they're doing we've just got to kind of wade in there and find the real person and love the real person and help them to love themselves um and Jesus is just a Monty at that. He's just so good at that. Yeah. Um, he's just really good at it. Yeah. <laughs> he is. Yeah. What are you laughing at? Uh, you said the word Monty. Oh. I haven't heard that for a while. Oh. Other than from our great Sorry. friend Mark Ansel, I haven't heard many people use that word lately. Oh, it's my generation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't even know what it means. So. <laughs> it's all good. Well, he is. He's just great because he sort of says, I've come to give you life and life in all of its abundance and being in pain. And that's not life. That's not life. Suffering's not life. And and 
He comes, but sometimes we want him to magically change everything supernaturally, whereas sometimes it's this slow, come and learn from me, learn different ways of doing life. Let me teach you how to face the reality of the heart of life. Let me, let me show you how stillness and reflection, how community, how support, how love, all those other things, how they can help you do life because all those tools in the tool kit, I suppose, and those different ways of thinking, they all help you live life to the full. They do. It's in good. a really good way. It's really good. Yeah. I've got a question for you here, Shaz. So um, this piece of scripture people often talk about in terms of global affairs and um, societal affairs, but I think what Jesus was talking about was, it was he was talking about personal injuries, not those institutional or social ills. Mm-hmm. If you know what I mean? Like if you look back at the Old Testament verses that he's referencing, it's very much that um, that individual injury. And so it got me thinking that we can't put other people in a position where we're forcing them to turn the other cheek. Do you know what I mean? Like you can't st- step in. I, c- I can't step in on behalf of, you know, little kid at youth group and put him in a vulnerable, vulnerable position where he's having to turn the other cheek. Like that's his decision? Yeah. Is that fair? Or can this be applied to like, you know... Um, World War Two, America, Germany type thing, like global affairs too. Like that we turn their other cheek to Nazi well, Germany. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure at the time they were like, I like history. You know, yeah. you know, you read back at people's thoughts and this sort of stuff and often there's this sort of thought that all conflict, Jesus is, um, you know. I like the research Brené Brown's come out, coming out with where she says that from the research it's showing the people that love the best have the tightest boundaries. Yeah. So um, if I look at, say, Selena and our journey, there, there were times where, where there were boundaries in, in that, like, I would never go and do drugs with <laughs> Selena. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I hope and, not. And I would call it out. I would kind of say, what are you doing this stuff for? You know, you, you need to come off this stuff. You can't, you can't be who you really are whilst you're doing this stuff. But I still loved her in the middle of all of that. Like there, was, there wasn't anything she could do that would ever make me feel ashamed of her. Mm-hmm. There wasn't anything she could do that would make me want to reject her. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the middle of all that, you still have boundaries and you just hold your boundaries about life and health. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the same whether it's global or whether it's um, on an in- individual thing. You have to hold what your boundaries are mm-hmm. and say... So this is, this is what life is, this is what love is. You hold it, but then you try to love as best you can. Mm, that's yeah. good. So if you had stepped in on Selena's behalf and said, no, Selena, you've got no free will here, I'm going to force you just to turn the other cheek. Like, obviously, you would have hated that. At the time, yeah, I would have hated it. <laughs> but whereas now you're in a position where she can encourage you, she can say, this is the way of Jesus... And she can influence you that way. And that's, that's a different case altogether. That is a different case, absolutely. But also you, the free will choice to get, to get to a rock bottom, to experience the, um, the fact that living certain ways just doesn't work. Mm-hmm. So having the free will and the grace to be able to go to that space is, is a gift that we give as well. So it's not just the gift of, well, this is a different kind of life. It's also the gift of loving somebody, having boundaries, but allowing them to hit a rock bottom so that then they can kind of hit that rock bottom space and go, this isn't working, I need to find something else. But nobody's going to try and find that something else. If they're, when they hit that rock bottom, if they're just kicked in the guts all the time or if they're just 
just constantly downtrodden or just told, oh, they're a terrible person, you shouldn't have anything to do with them, all that kind of stuff. I don't know how they get back up again because you still have to be cocooned in love mm. to be able to get back up. But you have to come back up with this design, this revelation of your own that life has to change, that something has yeah. to give. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that's how I see it. And that's why I think what Jesus is saying here is so powerful because he's really once again getting into that inner world where we really live, the soul work, where everything comes out of and he's saying you've got to deal with that stuff. You've got to start there. Mm-hmm. And that's the same on a global yeah. <laughs> as well as on a local, I think. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah. One area we haven't touched on is... Um, so I'll ask you the question. Sure. Um, so Selena, if you see somebody who's in pain and you can recognise the pain like you were in, yeah. do you see them differently today to how you might have once seen them? So if you see somebody, say, say for example it's a young person, yeah. um, they've been acting out, they've maybe um, up on charges before the judge, um, and, you know, they're, they're upset about where, where they've got... Do you find yourself having compassion and understanding and do you find yourself kind of wanting to come alongside them and kind of saying there's a different way? Absolutely. It, life doesn't have yeah. to be like this. Definitely, definitely want yeah. to come alongside them. Um, one thing that I have learned out of my life that if I can help change a youth or change somebody or change the tra- trajectory... Okay, trajectory? we're not going to use that word. <laughs> How do you say it, Jono? Trajectory. Trajectory. Yay! (laughs) Just to shape a different life. Yeah. Um, You know, I don't want to see anybody in front of a judge or anybody committing a crime or anybody with mental illness or anybody using illicit substances. So if I can impact them and talk them out of it or explain my life, how my life turned out when I used all of those things and I can change them, then... You know, I think that's a, yeah. a pretty big gift to have. And, yeah, I do want to help people when I see them in that situation. Yeah. Do you find on the inside of you that you sometimes feel, I don't know, sorrow or sadness when you see some of the stigma that goes towards people who are experiencing mental health and maybe it, the mental health's coming out in inappropriate ways? Do you, do you find something on the inside of you either not riling up, but this social justice, this yeah. kind of, well, we don't know their story, their story's worth listening to, you know, don't just um, label it, don't give it those names, because sometimes we can call people some pretty terrible things, can't we, That's right. when it's when pain. Yeah, and when we're unwell, and, and I think we're getting labelled, this makes us feel even more unwell. because yeah. we would never do it for a cancer patient, would we? No, you wouldn't, you wouldn't label mm. somebody for that, but... Mental illness is labelled and I've had heaps of them, heaps of different diagnoses to this day when I go, well, what's wrong with me? I still haven't found out what the hell is wrong with me. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, (laughs) Because there's been one after the other after the other. Um, And it's a sad world to live. It's a dark world to live. And I don't want to see anybody live that way. So if I can help, um, and I've tried to help heaps of people come out of a dark hole, um, I'll do all that I can in my power to to make a change and to help them change. Yeah. 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 And again, I think that's what those passages getting at because Jesus is always trying to get us to love ourselves, love one another and love him more. We love your enemies and pray for the ones that persecute you. Yeah, yeah. And that's what I've learned 
so much. That's so much power, I think, in that passage. Yeah. Mm. You know, just love them. You know, Mm. we're given choices in life and one of the choices are to hate or to love Mm. and you can make a choice. Mm. And it's so much easier to love than Mm. it is to hate. Mm. I've seen you forgive time and time and time again. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard work, isn't it? It is very hard work to forgive, especially when you've been hurt. Mm. Um, It's very hard to let go of the hurt and the trail. But as I said, you can stay in that life where it's messy and sticky and, as I say, you play the game of you hurt me, I hurt you, eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. Or you can rise above and go, okay, you know, this has happened, you know, I've got this, this and this out of it and sort of take the positive away from it than the negative. Yeah. Yeah, but it, yeah. Yeah, it's very difficult. Yeah. Oh, you're an inspiration. That's so good. Yeah. Very good. So good. Thank you so much for sharing with us today, Selena. No worries, Jono. Thank you for having me. That's okay. Do you reckon you could pray for our viewers at home? Sure. Cool. No worries. Heavenly Father, I just call upon you now. I call upon you and ask for healing over the community who suffers with mental health. I call upon you to give your love and guidance to people suffering from drug addiction. Father, you've helped me so much throughout my life and the life has only just begun with you and I look really forward to what you've got in store for me. Thank you for all you've given me, Father, and thank you for all you do for me. I thank you for the beautiful community you've blessed me with, and I thank you very much for Sharon and Tim. In your mighty name, Father, we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.